It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning. Hey, don't at me. Now, running backs, you suck. I've had enough of running backs. Seriously, they're whining, they're complaining. They want guaranteed money. There is not a chance in holy hell that I am giving running backs any type of guaranteed money. I'll give them a contract, but it ain't going to be guaranteed money. The NFL has fired a grievance against the Players Association. We'll get into all of it right now as Don't At Me starts now. Hey, good morning. The NFL has filed a grievance against the NFL Players Association over running backs being possibly coerced slash coached into feigning injuries. That's right. Faking injuries is what the NFLPA suggested in memos to running backs whining about not getting guaranteed money. Well, let me tell you something. I don't blame the NFL. There are provisions in the collectively bargained agreement that say NFL Players in general must give their best effort. Well, if you're telling NFL running backs to fake injuries, and have we seen NFL running backs fake injuries? I don't blame the NFL for getting a little crabby. Let's talk about it. Jonathan Taylor of my beloved Colts. He's out, had ankle surgery way back in November, still can't go. His agent said, however, that he could pass a physical right now. My thought is if Jonathan Taylor could, quote, pass a physical right now, Why is he on the pup? The agent said this a week or two ago. If he knew he could pass a physical, maybe you sit out a game or two. You don't go on a four-game pup. But here you see Tom Pelissero saying what a lot of us that were a little bit crabby of. Filed a grievance over allegations the union advised running backs to consider feigning or exaggerating injuries to gain leverage in contract talks and seeking an order for the union to cease and desist from such improper conduct. I think Jonathan Taylor is absolutely faking. I don't know. What do I know? I know this, though. Jonathan Taylor walked around pretty good at training camp. Jonathan Taylor's been whining about this. Jonathan Taylor and his agent, as I said, have already said, yeah, he could pass a physical. Let me tell Austin Eckler, an ankle injury with no timetable for return. Really? I coached for 30 years. A lot of guys with ankle injuries, high ankle injuries, tweaked ankles, you name it, and everything in between, and there was always a timetable for them to return. But all of a sudden, Austin Eckler, who is the most vocal of the running backs, eh, I can't return. Eh, I got an ankle. Eh. See, ankles are tough because there is swelling. There is black and blue. You do know, but also when you get healed from an ankle and you take a bad step, a lot of times on a heel, it can hurt and there's no outward sign. It's like mental health. You can say, I got mental health. It's like verbal abuse. You can say a guy verbally abused me. You can say anything you want. So Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, certainly there are questions. I did not see the Saquon Barkley injury live. I saw it many, many times on replay. I guess he's hurt. 
We'll see how long Saquon Barkley stays out. There are some legitimate guys that hurt. I think we all agree Nick Chubb certainly hurt. I think J.K. Dobbins hurt. Aaron Jones seems to be hurt. Chase Edmonds seems to be hurt. But you see what I'm doing here between Eckler and Barkley and Chubb and Taylor and Edmonds and Dobbins and Jones. You got a lot of running backs hurt. Why would I, if this was in fact run like a business, give guaranteed money to NFL running backs? They just get hurt. And truthfully, the Colts just won a road football game eh, with a eh, running back. <clears throat> Zach Moss looked all right. Got into a hole. Okay, fine. There's not a chance in holy hell that I am giving money to an NFL running back that is guaranteed for anything longer than a year. I'll give you a year's guarantee. <clears throat> I'll give you a three-year deal, one-year guarantee. You don't like it? No problem. I'll go get Zach Moss. I'll go get Deion Jackson. What are you going to do? Hey, yesterday, you saw what culture means. I want a little money on this. This was easy pickings. The Pittsburgh Steelers were underdogs against the Cleveland Browns. Everybody overreacted. The Pittsburgh Steelers looked awful against the 49ers. Pittsburgh Steelers looked like they could not play dead. But you know what the Pittsburgh Steelers have? And we talked about this yesterday. They have culture. I was the first one to introduce the word culture to Indiana basketball. Some little punk writer for the IDS got himself some kind of Pulitzer doing an article on my very vocal post-game after Arkansas NCAA tournament loss about the need for culture to come back to Indiana. Indiana fans, I don't know what that is. Oh, my God, what's he talking about? Dockage is an idiot. He took a bunch of drug-addled fools and lost games. No, I induced culture, and culture is important. You've seen it for years. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've only had three coaches uh, in my lifetime, or maybe when they were crappy. Did you know the Pittsburgh Steelers were in the same division as the Chicago Bears, and they were the two worst teams in that division for a long, long time? True story. I used to watch it as a little, little kid. Anyway, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and now Mike Tomlin, the Rooney family does not play. The Rooney family demands accountability. They demand coaches that have toughness about them. They're involved in the players and the player's decision, and it's great. It's absolutely great. One of the founding families has a team of culture, and you saw it last night. Now, the Browns don't have anything. I mean, what the hell do the Browns have? Browns got nothing. Browns have never had nothing, will never have nothing, and when you rely on a sexual predator like Deshaun Watson to lead your team, you're always going to fail in big moments, and last night, T.J. Watt became the first guy to get like four sacks and a a fumble recovery for a touchdown. T.J. Watt got it done. Uh, Look, I told you it was going to be the Steelers. It was easy money last night. The Browns have nothing. Zero zip. Historically, the Steelers have everything. And at home, are you kidding me? Coming off of a 30-7 embarrassing loss, are you nuts? That was easy money. Uh, Frank Reich, who tells you he's a Mensa and wants to climb mountains. I told you after the first couple years, wait a second, this guy's a fraud. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. I used to call him Big, Big Nuts Frank. Frankie Big Nuts, however you wanted to say it. But all of a sudden, he became a shell of a coach and got actually fired for Jeff Saturday. That's right, I said it. Jeff Saturday, if you remember, coming out of ESPN and leading men, as Saturday said. I'm a leader of men. Yeah, well, you're not. Anyway, uh, Frank Reich added again, worst offense. I feel bad for Bryce Young. Because Bryce Young, I don't care that Frank Reich was a backup to Jim Kelly. I don't care 
that you all think Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator when the Eagles went and won the Super Bowl. He had nothing to do with it. Frank Reich is a fraud. Not as a human being, seems like a decent human being. But when I watched, when I watched Hard Knocks, I, Knox, I came to the realization this guy cannot be listened to. This guy, I always go by who would I like to be coached by? And to coach me, you got to be serious. Got to be a serious dude. I'm not going to lie to you, whether it's in this job or other jobs, or else I, I'll, I just lose respect. And when I lose respect, it's over. But I'm not paying any attention to Frank Reich. The more I watched him in Hard Knocks, the more I thought to myself, this guy is a clown. Great guy, clown, wrong word, but I had it in my notes. This clown can't coach. Shouldn't have said clown twice. Clown. Anyway, uh, racism sucks. Now, I'll get some blowback on this, but who cares? Colorado State defensive back Henry Blackburn, he's the guy that drilled Travis Hunter. Now, the brothers all across the country decided, hey, we're going to put this out there. Look. Look at this white boy. I saw that a lot. I saw it a ton. Uh, home address was put out. Phone number put out. You know what that leads to? Death threats. Death threats. Horrible. And racism is on the back of all these end zones. Funny, really. Uh, in the NC or in NFL football. We need to end racism. We do. Real racism. This is real racism. When African-American journalists and bloggers can put out a guy's home address, home phone number, and basically make a point of this is a white guy hurting a black man, that's complete garbage. It's a football play, an illegal, dirty, cheap football play. Horrible football play. But you know what? What can I tell you? It's kind of the way the game was going. Shadir Sanders is poking guys in the eye. It was a bit of a street fight, this football game. But putting out a guy's home address, his phone number, garbage. Complete garbage. But that's the world we live in. Nobody will call this out for what it is. Only I will. It is complete and utter racist. Somebody may say, well, how do you know? I paid attention. That's how I know. I paid attention to who was putting out the black versus white mantra on this. And it's crap. It's total crap. Hey, I feel bad for the kid. Somebody asked me, well, Dockage, you seem to be celebrating the kid being hurt. No, uh-uh. I don't want to celebrate. I simply said, if you're going to talk trash in a game like this, you open yourself up to a shot like that. And I also said, if the bottom line, which apparently it was, was winning the game, like going at a quarterback and hitting him as often as you can, going at the star wide receiver slash cornerback is not bad business for the other team. If, if all you care about is winning the game. And that seemed to be what that game was about. I don't endorse the hit. I feel bad for the kid. Somebody asked me, what would I do if that was my son that got hit? My answer is simple. I tell him to sack up, let's heal up, and let's get back on the field at some point. I know that sounds harsh, but that's what my son would want to hear. You know, we got 350 million people in this United States. Not everybody thinks the same. But this racism crap's got to stop. It's got to stop. 
Uh, this will be considered racist at some point. Mel Tucker, Mel Tugger, to those of us that watch this show at Michigan State, the process is starting to fire Mel Tugger with cause. Now, I personally think it's ridiculous. I think it's idiotic that you fire this guy. The only reason I can see firing him is because Tucker was dumb enough to bring the wrong person into his operation and then pay her through the athletic department slash football program to be a speaker for his team. Made her then an honorary captain. So he brought his girl into the program, which then made the school react to Title IX stuff. If he had just kept this woman, who is not the greatest of people either, I mean, come on. What woman actually tells a dude that she knows that has an attraction to him? Well, I've got to work out more so I can look good naked. Now, a lot of you are going to defend that. I always defer to my wife. I always defer to Lee. That's the first thing she said. Dad, come on. There's stuff here. Now, I get it. But Tucker was dumb enough to bring an obvious grifter into his world but he then brought it into the school. When you bring this into the school and you pay and you endorse and you have her in front of your team, now the school has to act. Clay's big on this. Clay thinks this is an absolute travesty. I don't blame him for thinking that way. My perspective is, yes, I agree with that, except every coach knows Don't bring, don't crap where you eat. And you bring the girl into the school, you got a problem. I'm sorry, you got a problem. My other thought with Mel Tucker was this. I couldn't imagine walking into a locker room after admitting, yeah, you know, I kind of, you know, on the phone with that girl Tracy. I couldn't imagine walking into a locker room and trying to seriously face down a bunch of dudes. I would do it, I guess. It would get easier, I suppose. But standing up there as Mel Tugger and trying to be serious would just be like, oh my God, awful. So Tucker may lose $90 million, who knows. He was a horse bleep coach. He's always been a fraud. Michigan State bought into him and him under the name of diversity, of course. They felt like we've got our guy here. Everybody knew. Everybody from Chicago fans to people that I know that worked with him knew, this dude, he ain't a real one. He can look all mean. He can look all tough. He can look all Friday after next Debo, but I don't give a damn. Mel Tucker, my ass. That's what I got to say. And the other, and the lady, my ass. The whole situation sucks. Does. Uh, Missouri is fined $100,000. $100,000 under the new SEC policy <clears throat> after fans rush the field. The worst thing in the world is fan rush the field guy. Well, I don't think they should. Well, I think they should. Colorado was a 24-point underdog or or favorite, and they rushed the field. That's wrong. Oh, hell no. Rush anytime you want. Look, rushing the field, rushing the court cost me my career. I've told this before. Down 17 and a half against our rival. 
We make a comeback. One of my kids, Jermaine Fitch, who I thought was going to be an NBA player, was coming off two ACLs. He played great in the second half. We win the game. <clears throat> I hit my assistant, Artie, and I go, man, I don't think anybody's going to beat us now. I go in. Next thing you know, I hear screams, coach, coach. Crowd rushed the field. Some idiot jumped on the back of my player, Jermaine Fitch, towards ACL for a third time. And the idiot has never really apologized for it. He just continues to be an idiot. Well, despite that, I'm still for rushing the field. I'm still for college kids having fun. SEC, you got your money. Hope you donate it to a good cause. Deion Sanders calls himself the best coach in college football. Deion Sanders was asked on 60 Minutes, hey, who's the best coach in college football? John Wertheim, who's a friend of mine, did a great interview. John Wertheim is terrific. John Wertheim at 60 Minutes uh, gets me over the sting of hearing that clock ticking, and it takes me back to when I was a kid and I knew the weekend was over. Once 60 Minutes came on, the weekend was over. But Wertheim did a pretty good interview with Deion Sanders. Let me see. Let me see a mirror so I can look at me. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I like that stuff. <clears throat> when asked who he thought was the best coach, you think I'm going to sit here and tell you someone else? You think that's the way I operate? That someone else got that on me? He's right. I always have a story. Mike and Mike interviewed me when I was interim head coach in Indiana. Who should be the head coach in Indiana? They asked us, what, you crazy me? Sanders does Aflac commercials, and they're the worst acted commercials ever. They're so bad it's good. With uh, Nick Saban, express admiration. I'll tell you this, I love and I adore and I respect and every time I do a commercial with Coach Saban, it's a gift. <laughs> Saban got the African-American thing. Or excuse me, Sanders got the African-American thing. He got the God thing. This is no fool. Just sitting in his presence and hearing him and throwing something else out there so I can hear his viewpoint on it because he's forgotten more things than I may ever accomplish. Pretty humble. Don't be humble, Dion. I don't want you being humbled. I want you being cocky. That's the Sanders I love. See, more with Deion Sanders. I loved what Deion Sanders did when he came into Colorado. Now, assuming what I'm – actually, I don't care. I don't even care assuming. I don't care if Deion Sanders told a bunch of players, get the hell out of here. I don't like the way you look. I have no problem with any of it. Seriously, don't. I'm tired of 18 to 23-year-olds. You want to come out and be a pain in the ass? Get out. You don't want to work? Get out. You're not good enough? Get out. You're getting paid? Get out. See, I love that. That's the way the world should operate. College sports is a business, man. Yeah, right. You're not producing? Get out. That's how business is run. Sanders explained the way the team played in 22 in previous years was just as much on the players as it was on the coaches. That's right. He said he came to the conclusion that a multitude of them couldn't help us get to where we wanted to go. And if players were affected by his words, then they weren't for his team either. That's exactly right. You know, words make people crazy. Words make people nuts. See, I have a tendency to look at actions. It's weird. I know. I know. I've gotten articles written on me because of the words I say. All the while, the guy writing the words is having multiple affairs with other women, destroying homes, destroying families. But the words that I say are so bad, eh, I don't like it. We got dirtbags in the media whose actions are god-awful, but we worry about words. Uh, if you went for that, if you're able to let the words run off you, you ain't for us because we're an old-school staff. We coach hard. We coach tough. We're disciplined. 
if you're allowing verbiage to run you off because you don't feel secure about your ability, you ain't for us. It's exactly right. That's exactly right. One of the great things about playing for Bob Knight is, you know what? People, I get words thrown at me all the time. Don't bother me. I come back at you. Well, you're insecure for coming back. No, no, you learn how to fight. One of the great things about going through divorce, one of the great things about going through job changes, you learn. It's easy. So I love what he said there. We're so mad at words. Words will be, nobody is outraged. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I saw this uh, this morning. There's a site called M underscore ML football. And it's one of the best sites on Twitter. I'm going to tell you we're outraged on words. We are outraged all the time. Words, 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 words. I was brought up, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I was brought up that way. Most of us were. Now words are terrible. Nobody's outraged at this. Listen to this story. Patriots fan Dale Mooney was brutally beaten to death by a Dolphins fan Sunday night during the game next to his son. The idiots around him used their cell phones to film it instead of help. Now, will there be outrage about that? Or will there be outrage about somebody saying the wrong words? Yeah, it's amazing to me. It's truly, truly amazing to me how words make us so crazy. Oh, my God, he said this. Oh, my God, he said that. But real actions don't bother. Words bother. They don't bother me. They probably don't bother most of you that are watching this. But Sanders is 1,010% right. If my verbiage is going to bother you, take a hike, Chauncey. Take a hike because you ain't for us. We're going to be a little bit tougher than that. I had some lady yesterday tell me that a former player has mental health issues. Because you were too tough on it. Oh, yeah, really? All right, which one? <laughs> Kid came in with a pregnant... Eh, I'm not even going to get into it. The world is just funny to me. It is just funny to me. Words. Words matter. Words matter. They matter. Oh, my God, what's your tone? Oh, my God, you said this. Hey, look, a dude was brutally beaten. Anybody got anything for that? I haven't seen it on ESPN all morning. Must have been a white dude. <laughs> Got beat up. <laughs> OJ, the juice. OJ, he of murdering white people. I don't like white people, OJ Simpson said. And he went to murdering. Two of them. He got off. Lost in a civil trial. Man, you don't know OJ did it. Yeah, I do. I do. I know Cato Kalen. I know OJ did it. Uh, here's some video from OJ Simpson endorsing Deion Sanders. This is the endorsement we've all been waiting for. Here it is. Hey, we all cheer for Deion uh, in Colorado, Mays. You're not, I mean, uh, Cameron, you're not the only one, okay? Uh, I cheer for him until two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, they go against USC. And as much as I love Deion and I've loved him his whole career as a player, and now I'm amazed at what a great coach he is. I knew he's always been good with kids. Hey, two weeks from now, buddy, Cameron. Dion, prime time. <laughs> you guys are going down. <laughs> I'm just saying. Go Bills.
Go 49ers. Take care. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> was anybody ever dumber in a courtroom than Marsha Clark? Marsha Clark was the dumbest prosecutor ever. Anyway, there you go. I think OJ's had some work done. Seriously, OJ's like 75, man. His skin looks good. My skin looks like 10 miles of bad road. My daughter gave me some things you put under your eyes. I'm going to go with those, and I get a lot of sleep. I mean, I had a glass of wine last night. I'm reading Billy Walter's book. I was in bed by 10. Turned the, kept the game on, was watching that, reading a book. But the juice, the juice looks good. Holy cow. But I don't think you want the juice as an endorsement. Uh, apparently, one of their greats with the Bills, speaking of the Bills, look at Robert Kardashian. Guy in the middle is the Kardashian father. Look at my man. He spawned these ridiculous human beings. He did. I got to give a speech tomorrow on mentors over here at a a convention center to a bunch of superintendents, the important of mentors. When that dude, Robert Kardashian, died, the world went to hell. Anyway, at least for the Kardashians and us, because now we got to pay attention. Uh, Anyway, Takeo Spikes is a legend. Takeo Spikes is one of the great... Buffalo Bills of all time. Takeo Spikes just wanted to go to the football game. Hey, Bills, can I get some tickets? Hey, Bills, what do you think? Hey, Bills, how we doing? That's where they put Takeo Spikes. Congrats to the Bills for getting a dominant win in a home opener. Wish I could have stayed for the entire game, but seating accommodations were not the standard. How are you going to have the NFL legends supporting with this obstructed sample size of a view? Felt like I was in timeout. It's the same thing with IU basketball. It's the same thing. It's the exact, like you go, like players get IU basketball tickets, right? Now, Woodson's buddies sit behind, right? But I'm sitting there and I'm seeing legends, Brian Evans, All-American, all these guys are sitting like behind a cage. It's the same thing. Like people ask me, why don't you ever go to IU basketball games? The two things, I never was going to be the old guy that hung around. Never. I saw old guys hanging around. When I was a coach, and I never was going to ever hang around. Second, I'm not sitting in these cages they put guys by. No, I'm not doing it. Takeo Spikes got the Indiana basketball treatment. He got the the, the former Indiana basketball. Uh, That's where we put you. I'm looking at Brian Evans, and he's sitting like this behind a cage, like on the corner. Like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? You got to put legends, man. You got you to gotta give the legends a seat. Takeo, I don't blame you. Hey, look at Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is being sued by Jim Trotter, who lost his job. And like most people, Jim Trotter decided, hey, uh, it's racist that I lost my job. Of course it is, Jim. Well, he named Jerry Jones. He named Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones is now, wait a second, hold on, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. I want more minority ownership in the NFL. Sure you do, Jerry. Uh, Sure you do. You know what? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do, really? Okay. All of a sudden, yeah, Jerry, pull this. It will play jingle bells for you. All right, when we come back, 
Hey, they canceled one of my favorite shows. What the hell? Why are you canceling one of my favorite shows? Well, I'm more to talk about. What are we talking about? Hey, remember Malcolm Brogdon, Indianapolis fans? Remember what I told you about Malcolm Brogdon? Being a clubhouse lawyer, being a pain in the ass, being a fraud. He's at it again. He is. We'll be right back. And by the way, let's do this right now. Uh, if you haven't taken your shot with points bets, now's the time. It's a perfect moment. Here's the big reason. Listen to this. Just listen. Grab this unique offer on points bets. Right now, point bet users can get up to $1,000 in second chance betting. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, points bet as your back. Got a second chance. Over $1,000. Get this offer by visiting outkick.com backslash bet. Complete the registration process with points bets. Make your first bet. If it loses, that's when your second chance bets come into play. You can't lose. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At Outkick, find exclusive promotions, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at outkick.com slash bet. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome back. Yep, I'm back. NFL last night, the Browns showed you who the Browns are, and the Steelers showed you who the Steelers have been over the last 30 or 40 years, man. That was easy money last night. I hope you took my advice. I hope you took the Steelers. And your toes today are tapping. Why do we say your toes are tapping? Because, well, I don't know. Back in the day, people liked to dance, and your toes would be tapping, baby. All right, look. Jeff Perlman is a douchebag. Jeff Perlman, as a human being, is among America's worst. Jeff Perlman is a writer. Jeff Perlman is a horrible person. Like, every interaction that I've seen with him just screams god-awful. He's come at me before. I don't even know him. I just remember going back in the day, John Rocker, just a horrible dude. All right, but he wrote a great book. Winning time about the Los Angeles Lakers rise, 79, basically through the Magic Johnson era, was fan-freaking-tastic. The show was on HBO. It was terrific. It was the best show that I've seen at reenacting actual... You could tell who players were by the actors. The casting was genius. The interest in, in the team grew. The rivalry Celtics-Boston, tremendous. The whole thing was great. The only guy that was a little bit off, and it wasn't anybody's fault, was the Red Arback character. It is just too dumpy. But anyway, Winning Time has been canceled after two seasons on HBO. Apparently, nobody wants to watch it. See, you got to understand why Winning Time was made. 
Winning Time was made because Last Dance on Netflix was so popular. But you also got to understand this. Magic Johnson is a respected businessman uh, to a degree. Magic Johnson, because he gets on Twitter and is really stupid, isn't really respected by the masses. And nobody really, truly cares about Larry Bird. These are two old guys that did save the NBA, there's no question, that are completely great players, there's no question. Great players. Fantastic. Save the league. The league used to be drug-ridden. Nobody wanted to watch it. It was literally the NBA Finals were on tape delay late night. All right? Great. But nobody really cares about Magic Johnson. Nobody really cares about Larry Bird. I mean, you see a lot of Larry Bird from former NBA guys, but the fact of the matter is everybody cared about Michael Jordan and still does. Michael Jordan's flawed. Larry Bird's boring. Let me explain. Michael Jordan's gambling. Michael Jordan into baseball, the murder of his father, the many affairs, the legendary I'm legendary gambling. I'm reading a book by Billy Walters, the guy we had on. It's the greatest book ever, and he talks about Jordan and gambling. So we like, we like Michael Jordan. We respect. Magic Johnson is packaged. <laughs> That's all you ever see. <laughs> Larry Bird. Well, you know, I, I, I used to shoot the ball. And... No. No. Jordan resonates. Bird sucks. I used to rip on Bird because he was a terrible general manager late in his career. Pretty good early. Not a bad coach either. But the truth of the matter is, you know what? Larry Bird, my ass. Nobody really, really cares. So it's done. And Perlman couldn't be a bigger D-bag, so bad things happen to big D-bags. Now, I'm sure he'll be out whining and complaining. Eh, I could never under, I could never figure out. Remember Sergio Garcia, the golfer? I could never figure out whether or not Sergio Garcia was a good guy, a bad guy, a fake guy, a D-bag. And then I played in a pro-am for the BMW class or championship here in Indy. And I went to the dinner the night before. And I got to tell you, Sergio was the speaker, and I liked him. I liked him a lot. He was freaking great. He was awesome. I like him. Well, now Sergio's whining. He wants back. Sergio wants back on the Ryder Cup. He wants back to participate. Now, remember, Sergio, business decision, went over to the Live Tour. He's willing, listen to this, to pay $700,000 in fines. That's just gross. I'm wait a second. Two white girls in a row on ESPN. Breaking news. Film at eleven. Wait a second. We got to balance this out. <laughs> really? Seriously? There's two white girl reporters. <laughs> You'll never see two white guys back to back, but two white girls. Anyway, don't get you racist. All right. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, uh, he wants the PGA Tour. He calls it bass backwards changes. Hey, Sergio, you left. You're older. Get away. All right, Jimmy Walker's not happy. Jimmy Walker's 124th in Ryder Cup points. Uh, Jimmy Walker's pissed. He didn't qualify for the playoffs. He's begun with the fall opening event in Napa, but starting this season, the tour chose to transition. 
meaning uh, you retain status at number 71 and beyond. That means Walker is still playing for his job. They changed the rules. It's been 125 forever. Then it's like, no, it's 50 or it's 70. It's definitely not 125. And it's like, nope, keep playing. So I'm going to give it all I've got. That's all I can do. Well, what are you going to do? At number 124 in FedEx points, he didn't qualify. I don't care. I'm tired of golfers. Play golf. Entertain me. You are absolutely on a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon the cure to insomnia. Wake me up when there are majors. Anyway, Hunter Biden. I love Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is the worst of the worst. He's awful. But Hunter Biden is doing what every self-respecting D-bag does. Hunter Biden is suing the IRS. Listen to this. Hunter Biden is saying, wait for it. Oh, thank God. We got an African-American woman on there. Three of them. We could not have two white women in a row. That would have been unbelievable for ESPN. Thank God we fixed that problem. That's America's problem right there. Hunter Biden sues the IRS because, listen for it, wait for it. Hold on. Hold on. They tried to target and embarrass him. Now, I'm going to say it again. The IRS is the one that embarrassed Hunter Biden. Not the pictures of him coked up, drugged out, needle in his arm, gun in his hand, hookers. It's the IRS's problem. If anything said, act like your father, this is it. It ain't Joe's fault. Corn pop was Joe's fault. Joe was raised in the synagogue, er, Catholic church, er, Southern, er. it ain't his fault. Can't be Hunter Biden. How's it Hunter Biden's fault? It's got to be someone else's fault. Hunter, you've done a remarkable job of being America's douchebag. And not even in a fun way. See, we've always had siblings of presidents that are either majestic JFK Jr., son of, or kind of fun D-bag alcoholics like Billy Carter. Billy Carter had a beer. His brother Jimmy was president. Billy was this hilljack from down in Georgia. So Billy was fun. Billy had a line of beer. He ate peanuts. He drank beer. This guy isn't fun. This guy's dangerous. This guy's a criminal. But it isn't his fault. How could it be his fault? My daddy's president. My daddy's a flaming racist. My daddy wants all your money. My daddy's a socialist. My daddy is pushing a socialist agenda that I am making money hand over fist on. But it's the IRS that embarrassed me. Really? Hey, look, if you say so. Uh, This just in, we got a missing fighter jet. Huh? (laughs) We got a missing fighter jet. That's right. Look at this thing. Can't find it. I mean, we in the Biden White House, we can find a guy just having his hands all over Lauren Boebert. We can find that like it's our job. We can find it. I know we got, I know it got found last night. You guys are texting me. But it's funny that we lost it. Like Lauren Boebert goes into a theater. It's dark. Her boyfriend likes them boobies, so he's squeezing. And we got infrared cameras going. We find it out the next moment. But a big old jet? Oh, man. 
I don't know. Where is it? I don't know. Cocaine in the White House? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, you seen the coke? Who's doing the coke? I don't know. We got an F-35 fighter jet. An F-35. And we couldn't find it. Apparently it crashed. Debris from the missing F-35 Lightning II stealth fighter been located in South Carolina after the pilot ejected and parachuted to safety. There is a lot of, there is a lot of questions, but this jet is the most expensive jet that there is. Listen to this. The Department of Defense's most, success, most expensive weapon system, the F-35 aircraft, is now more than a decade behind schedule and $183 billion over the original cost. <laughs> Never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden, and we can say Joe Biden's presidency, to F things up. Hey, Gritty, Jennifer, you seen my fighter jet? Hey, Sean, hey, hold on, Jumpman Rick. You guys seen my fighter jet? I know, Gritty, they found parts of it. But come on, how do you lose a fighter jet? There it is. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Hey, look at who's your daddy. Who's your daddy says, see that fight? I seen that fighter jet on a milk carton. (laughs) Hey, Dave Rhodes, I hope so. Dave Rhodes said Lauren Boebert is going to wear a bikini into Congress today. Look, in the House. I'm all for it. Just because her boyfriend got all grabby, it's her boyfriend. Who cares? We care. (laughs) Gritty stole the fire jet. It's in her garage. Look at this thing. Man, never underestimate. Speaking of never underestimate, we have an incredibly woke, stupid mayor. His name is Brandon Johnson in Chicago. Now, Brandon is all about, well, kids are looting, kids are rioting. You can't blame the kids. It's white guy fault. It's government fault. This guy now wants city-run grocery stores. Would you want the city of Chicago to run your grocery store? This guy would put, like, cyanide in white guy stuff. You know white guy stuff like beef jerky? That's white guy stuff. I have a friend of mine, he's African-American. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I have an African-American friend that talks all the time about white guy stuff. And he ain't wrong. Beef jerky is among them. Can you imagine this idiot, this clown, this diversity hire, actually having control over the food you eat? Never underestimate the ability of Brandon Johnson to make it racial, hate on white people, and defend criminals. Look at this guy. Good for you, Brandon Johnson. You are the man. Hey, I got good news. Donovan McNabb is going to join OutKick. That's right. Donovan McNabb and our own Armando are going to join OutKick five spot with Donovan McNabb. It's going to be an NFL show. It's going to be twice a week. It's going to talk about the NFL. OutKick just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And Dan, and why is this Biden's fault? that it couldn't be fine. At least try, D.D., to bring some intellectual level to your show. I'll tell you exactly why. Never had this problems. Never had all these problems until Joe Biden started cutting our military, cutting back. We can't even tell whose cocaine it was in the White House. We can't, uh, once Joe Biden got in, we can't even tell 
who the leaker is in the Supreme Court once Joe Biden got in, and now we can't find planes once Joe Biden got in. Look, the fighter jet has been located. Thank you, public. And if you don't like what I'm saying, but I appreciate our intellectual level being raised by a guy named JPG Rules. Yeah, JPG, you do rule. Everything Joe Biden touches and the people around him that get touched, mostly little kids by Joe Biden, anyway, it goes south. The fighter jet is now, well, I don't know this play. Oh, Bucky's. Bucky's. Yes, it's at Bucky's. Look, they cleared out an aisle and they put it in there. <laughs> Never had this problem. What is that? Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. The world is dumber because Joe Biden is president. The world is more corrupt because Joe Biden is president. The world is completely out of its mind because Joe Biden is president. If you don't believe that, then it's simple. You just haven't paid attention. Uh, <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon, ladies and gentlemen, I told you this. I told you Malcolm Brogdon was a fraud. I told you Malcolm Brogdon was a clubhouse lawyer. I told you Malcolm Brogdon was full of crap. Bad guy to have on your team. I told you this while he was in Indy, and people with the Pacers would text me saying, you could not be more right. People crush me. Of course, you're a racist, Dan. Malcolm Brogdon does good things in our community. Yay, Ra, go fight win. We got so nervous at 1070 or 1075 The Fan during the George Floyd riots that our program director made us have a Malcolm Brogdon and his family telethon. It's true. It's true. We had a show that we were down with the African-American community in Indianapolis, even though, well, that community decided they were going to tear up downtown, including our building, that community and others. Anyway, long story short, we had to show that we were down at Emmis. We did. So we literally had a Malcolm Brogdon telethon, if you can believe it. I had Malcolm's mother on. Got to tell you, loved Malcolm's mother. Smart, just awesome to talk to. Malcolm, dumbass. Malcolm, not as smart as he thinks. Malcolm, not as good a player as he thinks. Malcolm, a pain in the ass after winning Rookie of the Year. Guess what? Malcolm Brogdon has been tra- was traded by the Bucks to the Pacers after being like, I don't know, whatever honors they gave him after George Floyd, they had to give him some honors. You know what I mean? Uh, then guess what? They traded him. Now, he was pretty good in the playoffs couple games with the, with the uh, Celtics, but now... Malcolm Brogdon is mad. He wanted to be trained. (laughs) Gives a crap what Malcolm Brogdon wants. (laughs) Jeez. I used to make fun of his contract. I did. He was making more money than the CEO of Eli Lilly. And we had to listen to him. I don't want to listen to Malcolm Brogdon ever about nothing. I know he's smart. I know he's real smart. But he's a fraud. And you're seeing it again. Uh... Willie Cauley-Stein tried to do this. Willie Cauley-Stein came out of Kentucky, and he tried to be Rodman. He tried to be, remember the Birdman that used to run around and play for, I think, the Nuggets? Willie Cauley-Stein decided that he's righteous about how the NFL plays. They don't play the right way, Willie Cauley-Stein said. I chose to come to Europe because of the more tactical way of playing. Uh Uh-huh. Sure you did. Me too. No, seriously. I chose to go bald because it looks better than a full head of hair. Uh Uh-huh. 
I chose to go bald because I'm bald. And I figure, why swoosh it around anymore? Willie Cauley-Stein went to Europe because he can't play in the NBA. He tried. He took a swing. He tried to go Rodman. He tried to be Joe Exotic. He tried to be the guy that was, wow, whacked out. But when you can't play and you don't help a team win, eh, people don't pay attention. You're just a pain in the backside and we don't want you anymore. And that's exactly what happened. Birdman had a place. Rodman was a Hall of Famer. This guy's in Europe. More tactical. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Here, let's read from Willie Cauley-Stein. More from Willie Cauley-Stein. Here in Versailles, however, I must say that I found a great organization, strong teammates. I don't, I'm very, what is it? I'm very, I'm happy. I chose to come because of the more tactical way of playing compared to the one-on-one basketball that's played in the NBA, which is conditioned by the player's desire to produce personal statistics. Now, he's not wrong. Here in Europe, every game and every ball is important. Not like the NBA, where all 82 are equal. I don't know about that. Uh, all right. More from Willie Cauley-Stein. Well, maybe, yeah, okay. That, there you go. I just don't take him serious. I know I'm supposed to. I know I'm supposed to. I know. I know. I know. Uh, everybody becomes a victim. You know who the latest victim is? Phil Mickelson. I'm reading Billy Walter's book. Phil Mickelson, if you read Billy Walter's book, is a dirtbag. I think we all knew Phil Mickelson was a dirtbag. Phil Mickelson went on a lengthy post about, well, you know what? I have a gambling addiction. Oh, okay. All right. Good for you. If you ever cross the line of moderation, and enter into addiction. Hopefully you won't confuse your enablers, profit off you like I have. Let your enablers profit off you like I have. Yeah, okay, Phil. Yeah. Hey, I get it. Uh, Phil hired a PR firm, I suppose. And Phil is now making a comeback in the public consciousness. I'm for it. Most of you will enjoy this football season while having lots of fun and entertainment. The fantasy leagues will provide banter among friends and money won or lost betting won't affect you. I won't be betting this year, all right, because I crossed the line of moderation into addiction, which isn't fun. The money wasn't ever an issue since our financial security was never threatened, but I'm so distracted I wasn't able. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. And, of course, guys underneath, great post, Jake Paquette said. Yeah, it's great. Easy to love and root for a comeback, my friend Sean Salisbury. Love the honesty and shit. Yeah, okay. Forgive me. I'm a cynic. Forgive me. I grew up knowing cynics. I grew up going, yeah, okay. Fake religious lady is screwing the neighbor. Writer for the Indie Star that writes about uh, people like me and our words is screwing his neighbor. And, of course, an ESPN little lady with two kids. And is married, but he's righteous. I grew up knowing frauds. I do. I can spot a re-rack and I can spot a toupee a mile away. It's who I am. I can spell frauds a mile away. Phil Mickelson didn't write this. Phil Mickelson had a PR firm write this. And I don't give a crap about Phil Mickelson's love or, or his desire to help. I don't care. But I'm 61 years old. Maybe you do. Maybe he helps somebody. The way I look at it, this is as phony 
as a re-rack on a thin lady with big old cans. I love cans. This is as phony as the hair on Carl Ravitch's head. Yeah. This is as phony as Greg Doyle trying to be a moralist. <laughs> mm. Let's go back to the top. Nick Chubb, out for the season. Significant eight, uh, knee injury. Same knee that he hurt a while ago. I would never pay a running back more than a year's guaranteed salary. This is a business. Sorry, Nick. You got a lot of money, man. You got more money than that Georgia degree would ever have paid you. Sorry, Jonathan Taylor. You got a lot of money, man. You got more money. I know, I know you could have got into Yale and Harvard. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you got more money than that degree will ever pay you. I'm sorry, all you NFL uh, Saquon Barkley. Are you really hurt? Interesting question. Jonathan Taylor, are you really hurt? Chase Edmonds, J.K. Dobbins, Aaron Fox, Austin Eckler, are you really hurt? It's a legit question. Why is it a legit question? Because the NFL is a little bit crabby, if not a lot crabby, filing a grievance with the NFL Players Association because the NFL Players Association instructed or suggested to running backs that they fake injuries. A suggestion that now makes us all look. Chubb, obviously hurt. Taylor, obviously not hurt. His agent said he could pass a physical. If he could pass a physical, why didn't he sit out the first couple games and then play? Why did he have to go on pup? Obviously not hurt. Austin Eckler, first time I've ever seen this. Ankle injury. Huh? No timetable. What? Ankle injury, high ankle sprain, could be as many as six to eight weeks. Uh, Other ankle sprain could be a day. I don't know what to tell you. But it's six to eight weeks at most. I don't buy this, and it's right for us to question it. If you think it's wrong for us to question, these guys, man, they work hard. You don't understand. They got hit on every play. I see that clown RG3 talking about after the Chubb injury. This is the reason to pay running backs. No, dummies. It's the reason not to. Hold on. Isn't this a business? Is this a business or is this a 501c3? Is this a business or is this St. Simon's Church? What is this? I think it's a business. I ain't paying you. I ain't giving you guaranteed money. I give it to you for a year. Sure, take it for a year. After that, you ain't getting it from me. No, prove it. Play. Don't get hurt. You'll get your money, and you'll get more than that Harvard degree will ever get you. Why do you think a guy like Richard Sherman, who went to Stanford and was so smart, even when he was acting like an idiot, I remember our fellas at the Indy Star talking about, he's really smart. You got to understand. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Richard Seymour's really, Richard, what's his face? Sherman's really smart. No, he's an idiot. But why do you think he's on TV not being a captain of industry? I mean, he got a Stanford degree. Can't make as much money. Not even close, Richard Sherman. Can't come, I don't care if he got it. He can't make the money he made in the NFL, and he's making now wherever the hell he is. So don't give me that crap. These guys are making more money than they could ever make. Stop whining. Don't at me. Last thing, did you see this? Jeff Saturday's back. Those dreamy blue eyes, pancakes, yelling and screaming. That's what he was meant to do. Couldn't coach blind turkeys and take a dump. Took over a team 
And I wasn't even mad at the losses. Hey, that's going to happen when you're an interim coach. Believe me, I know. But the verbiage out of his mouth, I'm a leader of men. Yeah? You couldn't lead blind turkeys and take a crap. You coached one decent year, one, at a high school, and then your team stunk. Why? Because you made it all about you. When Jeff Saturday was first hired, I go, hey, this might be cool. And then guess what? Jeff Saturday started making it all about him. That's what fake religious guys do. That's what the fake religious do. They make it about them. Look, I make it about me because I'm interesting. I make it about me because I'm fascinating. I am. What do you want me to tell you? Jeff Saturday makes it about him because that's what phony religious people always do. Always. They can't stop. I had a great last hour for you. Listen to this. Tommy Lauren's going to join us. We're going to talk about fat people. Tommy Tuberville actually called our people and requested to come on. How about that? And people said I should have stayed in local radio and interviewed Chap. (laughs) We'll be right back. Are you looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At OutKick, find exclusive promos, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com backslash bet. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the OutKick network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, the world lost its mind the other day with me. I put a picture of my wife, who is a beautiful white lady, and I said, beautiful white ladies are awesome. And people lost their mind. And the reason I did it was because I was sitting there and I was watching my wife, and this is going to be weird, Tommy, but Tommy Lauren joins us. Tommy, I was sitting in my chair and my wife's ex-husband was staying with us for the weekend, and we're watching football, having a couple beers, and I'm watching my wife and I'm reading about Trans Week is coming, I guess. Pride Month, African American history, a Native American. We got Hispanic history. We got all this, and I'm like, wait a second. And then I think I thought about Riley Gaines, and I'm like, everybody's attacking white women. So I put out, white women are awesome, and I got called a flaming racist a hundred different times. But I said, I'm celebrating beautiful white women this week. So there you go. You are on. I thank you for coming on. I hope that's not sexist or racist or any of the is. I don't know. I don't know. You know, isn't that weird that there's just a a certain group in this country who cannot celebrate who we are? You know, we're we're just told 
you and in your classification, if you celebrate who you are, then that's wrong. Everybody else is supposed to celebrate it. They're supposed to put it on a T-shirt. They're happy. They're big. They're beautiful. They're whatever. They're trans. They're delusional. Doesn't matter. They celebrate that. But, you know, I happen to be a white woman. I happen to identify as a white woman. But, boy, if I would ever put, boy, I love being white and blonde. I have a feeling I would get eviscerated even worse than you got eviscerated. I've never walked down that path because I, I don't care to walk into that wasp nest, but we all know what would happen. Oh, man, it was unbelievable. And I've kind of dug it. Anyway, Tommy, let me ask you a question. Um, I always thought you weren't supposed to, particularly on 9-11, negotiate with hostages or negotiate with terrorists to get hostages. I swear to God, Tommy, everything Joe Biden touches gets effed up, as Obama said. He couldn't even figure this out. We're negotiating. We're giving money to Iran on 9-11. Are you kidding me? Yeah, well, I think he just doesn't care. You know, I said this on my show last week when this all went down. I think Joe Biden, whoever controls Joe Biden while he's walking around aimlessly, I think he just looks at the United States or whoever it is that's behind Joe, the shadow. I think they just look at the United States and they think how many ways they could screw it up and still pass it off as something else. But it's become so obvious at this point. It's like, no, I think you're just trying to destroy our country. That used to be a conspiracy theory. You know, I wasn't very old when Barack Obama was president, but I remember for eight years people saying he's actually trying to destroy this country. And that was a big conspiracy and you weren't supposed to say it. But I think it's quite obvious now that that is the Democrat intention. They hate America and they want to see it fail. And if we could all just be honest about that, maybe we could get somewhere. Yeah, it is amazing. You know, I heard that, too. And I was old enough and I'm like, yeah, that, that's stupid. I don't believe that. And then all of a sudden, we're promoting under Obama, shooting police. We we get – it just – now I look at it, and they're trying to do everything from take away people's hard-earned money to take away your stove, your LED lights. I mean, what are we doing here? I, it's confusing to me. The priorities really are remarkable when, when you look at the things that they want to get rid of. I mean, I was in California when they wanted to ban the, you know, the, the leaf blowers. It had to be an electric leaf blower. And now, of course, you said the light bulbs. And then they want to go after your ceiling fans. It's remarkable they want to go after the ceiling fans, though, because they also want to install giant wind turbines in the middle of the ocean that are killing the dolphins and the whales and the sharks. Those turbines are fine, but the one on your ceiling apparently isn't energy efficient enough. But that's just what Democrats have to do to make themselves feel like they've done something. They have to go after tiny little things, have tiny little accomplishments that they see. And, and that's how they justify to the rainbow cult and the green cult and every other cult that they appease that they've done something when we all know that they've done nothing but make a mockery of this country. I'm fascinated by this. I want to know, do you think the Bud Light boycott is a one-off, meaning it worked there, Dove is doing something incredibly stupid, they got among the worst people in America, a racist woman that, because she lied, cost others their career as their spokesman, and are talking about fat liberation. Do you think Dove will fall under the Bud Light umbrella of effective boycott? 
Unfortunately, I don't. And I have to be honest about that. You know, the reason that the Bud Light boycott worked so well and still works is because there is a core base of Bud Light. And that is probably more conservative leaning folks who don't believe in the rainbow cult, who don't want this stuff jammed down their throat. And, and that's why the Bud Light boycott works, because they really, really pissed off their core audience. Unfortunately, what is the Dove core audience? I'm not sure what that is. Is somebody not going to pick up Dove soap because this BLM activist who is liberating fat has been partnered with Dove? You know, I'd like to think so, but honestly, I don't think so. So I, I think that's why we just have to take a step back, decide what's important. But if it does matter to you, if you do think these things are ridiculous, then maybe don't buy Dove. And every small little thing we can do, it's not going to be as seismic as Bud Light, but it can still send even a personal message. I don't buy Dove because I don't really like Dove. I don't have a need to buy Dove. But then they put somebody on who's promoting what is essentially adolescent obesity and diabetes. And I'm even more turned off. I don't want to look at it. And I think it's also good for us to mock it endlessly because that also sends a message. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, uh, do you think, uh, though, like you and I, we've paid attention to the boycott. It, it feels like maybe, are we making a bigger deal about what's happened to Bud Light? Because other companies seem not to give a rat's. I mean, Target's been hit, Bud Light's been hit, but other companies don't seem to care. Victoria's Secret seem not to care. Uh, Dove doesn't seem to care. I don't know. Is it, wh wh where do you think corporations are with this? They don't seem to have the same, I don't know, angst about it as we talk about it. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, well, the thing about it, though, is that a lot of these companies don't really care so much if their customer is upset. They care about that DEI, that diversity, yeah. equity and inclusion score. They care about how they're rated on that inclusion score. That dictates a lot of their investments, a lot of these big investment firms that are controlling the world. That is what really is, is controlling everything at this point. And so they don't really care if they're doing something stupid or if conservatives or independents or normal folks don't like it because they believe that that score is going to give them a lot of benefits and a leg up. So that's what they're competing for. Not us, but for these big corporate scores and that's globalism at work. And that's terrifying. You know, one of the things that I love about OutKick is we don't give in to the lowest common denominator, AKA guys like John Fetterman who are just slobs, they, and, and next thing you know, Congress is saying, hey, look, uh, we're putting in the Fetterman dress code. You know, I'd like to see Lauren Bright uh, Boebert show up in a bikini. I'd like to see, like, I don't know, somebody, I, I don't JFK Jr. show up in a muscle man shirt or something. You know, I don't know. It just seems like we're giving in to the lowest common denominator once again, and there's no dignity here. Yeah, there really is no excuse for wearing a hoodie and basketball shorts to the Senate floor. There's right. just no excuse for it. There's no mental condition. I know he struggled with depression. I know he's obviously struggled with a stroke. But there are plenty of stroke victims and people that deal with mental health that are able to put on real clothes to go to work. So the fact that he doesn't feel he needs to is it's just really insulting. You know, it's one thing if you own your own company and that's the way you want to dress or you're on your own time or you own your own business and you want to dress that way, that's on you. But when you're serving the American people and the American people are paying your paycheck, you owe it to us to at least show up 
with some level of dignity and show us that we are worth your time and your effort. That's clearly not true with John Fetterman. We know that. But the fact that they have just now rubber stamped that is, I mean, where do we go from here? The Democrats have really destroyed it all. People don't want to wear regular pants in the real world, and now they don't even have to wear them to Congress. Who knows where we go next? We have dress codes on golf courses. Like, golf <laughs> courses. We have dress codes in restaurants. I, what, I mean, we have dress codes in bars. I mean, what? it's just it's so absurd to me. Tommy, that one guy, one freaking slob can take away the dignity of the rat. It's just amazing. It, it's just amazing to me. But it's what we do, right? Yeah, it's what we do. And, and you know, um, it's funny that you mentioned the wearing the bikini. It was actually um, Senator Susan Collins who said that she'll be wearing a bikini. I don't know if you're familiar with Susan Collins. It was a joke. Uh, I don't think she'd wear a bikini. I don't think we'd want her to wear a bikini. Right. But I think, you know, extend right. this to the House of Representatives. I've seen photos of Nancy Pelosi on the beach. Nancy Pelosi shows up one time in that swimsuit that she has worn on the beach and has been photographed in. I think that the rules change. But maybe it has to get that bad. Who knows? <laughs> Can you imagine? I want to see Joe Biden in his uh, Rehoboth beach shorts, no shirt, AVA. I mean, it, all right, last, last thing uh, before I let you go, Tommy. When we look at what's going to happen in the election, I'm going to ask you this every time I have you on. Um, you think Trump gets the nomination? Can Trump win this from prison? Can Trump beat all the... I mean, what's going to happen here on the Republican side? Who who do you think is going to emerge in the next 13 months or so? So, uh, I don't think... And, you, you know, I've been honest about this. I don't think that Trump can win a general election. I think he can certainly win the nomination. So there we've got a tight spot, right? When we're confident he can win a nomination, but not confident he could win the White House which is why I don't want him to be our nominee. But I also think that Trump has been really stepping in it for the last week or so. He did a horrendous interview with Megyn Kelly, where he talked about how great he did during COVID, where he said he didn't know who gave Fauci a letter of commendation, even though it was him. He also wouldn't uh, answer the question clearly on if a man can be a woman. He also said a comment that really offended a lot of pro-lifers, saying that what Ron DeSantis did with a heartbeat bill in Florida was terrible. So he's really stepped in it for the last couple of weeks. And it's interesting, Dan, because although there's always going to be Trump support and the mega support out there, it's interesting to me that when he's not being actively indicted, because we've gone you know, a few weeks now without an indictment, you don't see the same passion for Donald Trump as you do when he's indicted or a mugshot comes out. So I don't know, unless there's a fifth indictment coming, I don't know if people stay as excited about Donald Trump. And I think Iowa, he's not showing up. And I think Ron DeSantis has a real chance at winning Iowa. And if Ron DeSantis wins Iowa, it's anybody's game. And when I say anybody, I mean, it's Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump. And Ron DeSantis can really give Trump a run for his money. Last thing, Democrats trying to push gently or strongly push Biden out. And if so, who are they going to push in? Oh, you know, it's Gavin Newsom or I know it's Gavin Newsom. I mean, Gavin Newsom has been running a campaign for president for the last almost nine months, if not more. Uh, I I think it's going to be Gavin Newsom. I think they're going to push Joe out. They don't have a lot of time to do that. 
So I think you're going to see this go down within the next three months, um, maybe closer to the holiday season. You're going to see Joe taken out like a bag of coal, and you're going to see Gavin Newsom stepping into those shoes. Right now, they're just figuring out what they're going to do about Kamala. They're working on it. Uh, that's what I sense. My spidey senses are telling me that. But I do believe, and I've held on to this since January of the new year, I believe it's going to be Gavin Newsom. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks. Great work on your show. Tommy Lauren is fearless, and you are absolutely fearless. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it as always. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Tommy Lauren is fearless. You see her evenings on OutKick. Can't beat it. Look, we celebrate white women. <laughs> Where are all the white women? That's a line from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> You're not allowed to. Oh, my God, Dockich, you said white women. I tell you what, Dockich, if you say white men together, we're going to throw hands. I will come to your house. I had a guy threaten me last night. I will come to your house. If you say white men in a word, back to back, white men, oh, my God, you racist. <laughs> oh, man, I just sat there on my couch on my chair, I was watching my beautiful wife do all this stuff for all these people. I started reading about all these different things happening in the world. You know, Riley Gaines put out a thing. This is fascinating. Riley Gaines, uh, a school decided that there was going to be homecoming queen, except they made it a homecoming king because white girls certainly have to be jumped on. White girls have to be pounded down. White girls must be disrespected. Why? Why are we coming at white women? Why are we doing it? Can anybody tell me? Anybody? Anybody? I'm listening. I'm here. Oak Park High School Queen Candidates. They gave it to four girls. They gave the homecoming queen to a girl. To girls. You know what I mean? Men make the best women, Riley said. I wonder if a female will win homecoming queen or if understood that both of these sports spots are reserved for males. It's exactly right. But you can't say white women, but all, well, are we just supposed to sit back? Are we just supposed to sit back and watch white women get pounded on in sports at Oak Park High School homecoming queen? No, there's nothing racist about it. I love black women. Dawkins loves the mocha famously said by Sage Steele. And she's right. She's right. You know, and in this, so a male is given the homecoming queen. And the other girls in this are smiling and congratulating the male for winning homecoming queen. Uh, Paula Scanlon, who we've had on the show, who bravely shared her story of sexual assault in a locker room because a man came in. She said, society has brainwashed many women and girls into thinking this is progress. It's not progressive or fair or just. I will continue to call this out when I see it. Don't pose for the picture. Don't smile when a woman, when a man is taking our place. It's unbelievable. It really is. It really is. But you're not allowed to say white woman. You guys are idiots. I love black women. I love white women. Hispanic women, hell, I go to the bank, my teller is Hispanic, she and I laugh, she makes me give her a Spanish saying of the day. I say, ¿Cuántos años tiene hoy? Which means, how old are you? 
Uh, I also said in nombre del Padre del Espirito Santo. I can hear people now in the star. Dockage asked Teller how old she is. It's the only saying I knew. Anyway, I love all women. So it's not bad. Even if I didn't love all women, it's still not bad to say white women are beautiful. Beautiful. What are you going to do? Speaking of white women, I don't like white people. That's from a movie, too. Uh, power couples, celebrities. Number five, bump it a bump, bump it a bump it a bump. Zach and Julie Ernst. Uh, Julie Ernst was the likable soccer player on the women's national team. That's right. She was the likable one. Yeah. Zach Ernst, of course, is a football player. Zach Ernst seems likable. Julie Ernst, very likable. She's kind of the anti-angry lesbian. Look at her. Just all wrapped up into her man. You know when they go at it, if the bus is a-rockin', don't bother knocking. There's some passion there, and I like it. Compare that with Megan Rapinoe, the angry lesbian. <laughs> oh, my God, I just looked at this. How can we not have a power couple that includes the angry lesbian and her angry lesbian friend, Sue Bird? Oh, my God. Sexist. LGTQ, ABC, Diaphobe. Uh, number two, Dustin Johnson and Paulina Gretzky. If Paulina Gretzky kept her clothes on, this wouldn't be a power couple. But I saw Paulina Gretzky, walked with her at the BMW chain. She looks like a Bambi. She like, looks like she's all gangly. And she's very attractive, I suppose. But I got to tell you, when she takes her clothes off, it's on. She's another girl. How do you make your money? You could have just been Paulina Gretzky and live life. But you married Dustin Johnson after Justin, Dustin Johnson did all his hijinks. You take your clothes off, you put your finger in your mouth, and you, too, can be a star. These two are just making out. Ryan likes this. I'll tell you what. This is like a weekday at the Dockage House just making out everywhere. Yeah. Number three, Justin Verlander and Kate Upton. Oh, yeah. Uh, any, yeah. There you go. There you go, Paulina. I'll bet you money that ends in divorce. You want to bet? Not this one. The other one. Gretzky and Dustin Johns. I'll bet you money. Uh, these two, any picture that doesn't show Kate Upton in a bikini or, or uh, Justin Verlander in a pitching uniform doesn't make sense to me. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody knows Kate Upton from anything other than wearing a bikini in either a movie or a Sports Illustrated. And, of course, Justin Verlander, uh, great pitcher, great pitcher. But you got to put one in a unit. Come on, Ryan. Give me ah, – they're making out too. Give me something of, of Kate Upton in a bikini. I don't care about her loving on her husband. Kate Upton is one of the great bikini models. Didn't she come out of the water in some movie – and it made every guy run for the Jurgens a moist towel in a bathroom? I think it did. <laughs> Didn't it? Am I wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm going to wait. I'm waiting until you put a picture of, of uh, Kate Upton in a bikini on this screen. Or we're not moving this forward. I'll tell you right now. We're not moving this forward. Scroll down, please. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> oh, my God, he's so sexist. Oh, my God, is that all we are to you? Yeah, it's all she is. It's all she wants to be. Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez, power couple. 
Alex Rodriguez, let's talk about him for just a second. Famous for steroids, famous for blaming it on his cousin, famous for lying, famous for now being a narc, but also somehow, some way, he's the voice of baseball. Somehow, some way, this god-awful, ridiculous person has become the voice of baseball. Jennifer Lopez, Jenny on the block, uh, oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, if you took off that woman's head and put Lee's on it, that's exactly Lee's body right there. True story. I shouldn't tell you all this, but hey, while we're getting sexy on the show, let's go all the way. Don't do it, Ryan. Don't put her head on it. Anyway, uh, I'm being serious about that too. Anyway, uh, (laughs) Alex Rodriguez and J-Lo. Look at these two frauds. Hey, word on the street is no one. No one in the world. David Justice told a good friend of mine when he was married to Halle Berry, I've never heard anyone yell, scream, and bitch like Halle Berry. And he got divorced from, I think, the most beautiful woman in the world, not named Lee Ross, Halle Berry. I've heard the same about J-Lo. They say J-Lo can throw a good one, both in the satchel and at her husband. Look at that face, man. That face would get pissed. But anyway, they're a power power couple that's gone awry. They're a power couple that, frankly, we no longer care about. It's back to Benifer, Ben Affleck, and J-Lo. I don't know why J-Lo and Alex Rodriguez are on this, but hey, if Ryan and Dylan and Aaron, and I'll say it, uh, and Nick, I go with it, but they're broken up. Why are they on this? These two are dead. The next power couple's dead. Is this a history? I thought about this. I have a friend, had a friend, rest his soul. Moose Scourin was his name. Moose Scourin's a legendary baseball player. I became friends with Moose Scourin. Long story, he loved Coach Knight. He used to come to Indiana games. And he tells the story, he went to dinner with Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe. He said, I was so nervous, I shaved twice that day. Yeah. If you're going to dinner with Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe, you got to shave twice. True story. Muscow is one of the funniest dudes of all time. But anyway, I was thinking about this with Joe DeMaggio. I mean, they're just smooching. Ryan's got the smooching going today. Hey, can we get Marilyn in a bikini? I don't know. Or Remember Marilyn was the all-time pussycat, right? She stood under the vent and her dress blew up. You know what's in those vents? Oh, my God. But anyway, Marilyn and Joe, and then I thought about it. Wait a second. Joe DiMaggio is considered this dignified, all-American, Italian-American hero. But only I know him from schlepping coffee. That's it. The dude schlepped coffee, and nobody made fun of him. Honest to God, that's it. The dude was a coffee schlepper. Now, he did have a 56-game hitting streak. He did bat about 350 for his career. He did make baseball cool. So you got that going for you. But I love it. Baseball players and hot women. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. It reminds me of Mark Grace. Mark Grace married a woman. Mark Grace's wife, beautiful, then went out to L.A. to become a star. They showed her one time. Oh, look at Marilyn. They showed her one time. That blonde hair with the black eyelashes doesn't do it for me. I'm not going to lie. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. I know it does for a lot of dudes, but it just doesn't. Anyway, 
Mark Grace, first baseman of the Cubs. A real live dame. Hey, dame. Remember when dudes called women dames? Hey, did you see that dame over there? Broads and dames. Yeah. That's when men were men, damn it. <laughs> Can I get to my Mark Grace story? So Mark Grace, this is the kind of thing that I know. Mark Grace's wife goes to L.A. Cubs are playing in L.A. They show a picture. Mark Grace's wife is with her friends. They're all hot as hell, and they're drinking. I remember saying this. I remember saying, here's the deal. That woman's leaving him so fast. Ten minutes later, guess what? Mark Grace's ex-wife is married to Ray Liotta. She dumps Gracie for Ray Liotta. You just know about some women. My neighbor, my neighbor was, I didn't know this. I'm doing my yard. My neighbor drives by in her convertible. She gives me a look. I thought, that's weird. I went inside. I said to my then wife, I said, hey, who's Karen stupid? Because it ain't her husband. She goes, how do you know? I go, I know. Karen and her husband were friends of mine. But I could tell by a look. I got this kind of thing. It's just who I am. A lot of people don't believe it. Sure enough, she was stooping the builder who was building houses over there, dumped her husband, and next thing you know, she married the builder. Was the husband deterred? No. My man Pete started stooping, true story, the mail lady. I saw the mail trek over there, long time. I go over, knock on the door. This is before phones. Pete, what's going on with you and the mail lady? He goes, eh, we're stooping. I go, really? He goes, yeah, look at the ceiling fan. Her panties were in the ceiling fan. That's Caligula that I lived in in Bowling Green, Ohio. That's the world I want to live in, where men are men, and they're stooping the damn male lady. Good for the male lady. Good for Pete. Yeah. Yeah. That's Dylan on the ones and twos today. Good for you, Dylan. I like the fact that we... Let's just evaluate that last segment right there. We got... Kate Upton in a bikini, Marilyn Monroe in a bikini for the times. The one thing we missed was J-Lo in her iconic, like, sheer dress that went down to here. That's the J-Lo signature. I don't know how, I don't know how Dylan missed that. What the hell is he doing? Come on. That's who J-Lo, when, when people die and they think of J-Lo, J-Lo, Lo, whatever the hell her name is, then you know what? They're going to think of that dress. I bet you they find it by the end of the show. That's how good we are here. Tommy Tuberville, Tommy Tuberville called our show. He wanted to be on our show. Hey, when congressmen call our show, representatives call our show, we answer the call. Tommy Tuberville, former great, great coach, according to Urban Meyer. And of course, of course, now... Representative Tommy Tuberville joins us next. What a fun show this is. God, this is a great show. Looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At OutKick, find exclusive promotions, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com slash bet. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. 
The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Uh, when Coach Tuberville asks to come on our show, or her people do, we're in. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to Coach Tuberville anytime, any day. So glad that he comes on. Coach, I, I, you coach, I coach. You know you read a newspaper article. You know it was crap. You read an opinion page. You know it's crap. You know, there's always a backstory. There's always bias. What's, everybody seems to blame you for a holdup with military folks getting raises. Tell me, tell the American people what's real about this. What's real? Well, first of all, if you poll the people across the country, Democrats, Republicans, and independents, over 60% say they don't want their taxpayer money to do anything with abortion. Okay. And I mean, this is everybody. And so uh, the White House decided that they're going to change this policy by just a memo instead of going through Congress. And I ran hard for two years to give a voice for the people of Alabama and this country about certain issues like this. And this is a huge issue. This should be voted on. We do not need communism coming from the White House, meaning that, hey, don't just dictate. Don't be a dictator. Let us make the laws, mate. Let us make the policies. So that's the reason I'm doing this. And I told them from day one, I said, listen, you know, I'm not going to give in on this. So if we start this and if you change the policy without going through Congress, uh, I'm going to put a block. Now, they can do them one at a time. I, all I'm doing is blocking 300 at one time. They can do them one at a time, but they 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 want to make it out like that I'm, I'm creating a huge problem here. The problem is they don't want to work. They don't want to do their job. They want to act like that me as a, a, a senator from Alabama, a Republican, is really hurting our military. Hey, I love our military. My dad died on active duty. I'm a military brat. These people are going against what the American people want, and that is a constitutional republic where we vote on policies and laws. Coach, how does abortion, you you mentioned abortion, they don't want to pay for abortion. How does that affect military raises? Can you explain that? Well, they, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're hollering readiness. You know, coaches keeping all these generals from, from, from being confirmed. Let me tell you, they're all confirmed. There's no jobs that are unfilled. Uh, they're all being worked on as we speak. The only thing that I'm doing is they don't get that last star or that last promotion in terms, and it's really not a pay raise. They, you can't get a pay raise after a, after a two-star in the military. So I'm not affecting anything. What we're affecting is uh, the right for the American people to have a voice in this policy. And so I'm going to hold, hold firm. Uh, I don't care how far we go with this. Uh, our Pentagon is overflowing. You can't get a parking spot at the Pentagon right now. We've got 44 four-star generals for 1.5 million military uh, personnel. Now, in World War II, we had seven four-stars for 12 million, 12 million enlisted um, men and women. So uh, if they can't handle uh, 1.5 million of our enlisted people, then we got huge problems uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, the, the the whole thing with uh, with, with raises and stars and all that kind of stuff. It seems to all fall on you, but I'm guessing in the world that you live in, 
it ain't just all on you. I'm guessing you've got support in a lot of different areas, probably private support because you're catching a little hell about it. Oh, I'm getting calls from former generals and admirals, present general and admirals, uh, enlisted people, uh, veterans. Uh, we've got huge support. And they're all saying, listen, don't give in to these people. All it is is, is a group of uh, elites. Now, there's a lot of good admirals and generals that probably need to be moved on up, and that will eventually happen. But right now, it's just carte blanche. And you know as well as I do, uh, being a coach, you can't carte blanche anything. You've got to make sure that you manage everybody individually. And that's what I'm saying. Just bring them up for a vote. We can do three or four day up here, uh, but the Democrats don't want to do that. They want to just say, okay, we want to do all 300 at one time. Let me tell you, uh, Coach, I looked at and have vetted these 300. There's some in there we don't need to get promotions. Uh, they need to move on down the road. They need to take their retirement and uh, move on down the road. We need people that will teach war fighters. Uh, our military is the most important thing we do in this country because if we don't have a strong military, we, we don't have education. We don't have sports. Uh, we don't have the freedoms that we have right now. We have to protect this country, and, and they're trying to, to bring down our military to a point where it's woke. Uh, they teach all this nonsense to our military personnel. They hold them to a different standard. We need a machine that will protect not just our country, but our allies in the world. We've always been that way, but the Democrats right now want to bring it to a lower level, not an upper level. Yeah, that's the thing. I, You know, as a coach or a businessman or whatever, I've always said, if you lower expectations, people are going to meet them. If you raise expectations, people are going to meet them. So don't lower the freaking expectations like this whole Fetterman dress code thing. Have some dignity. Don't lower for the lowest common denominator. It's ridiculous, this whole thing, what we do. Coach, you're, you're exactly right. And that's what's happening. On the left, they want to lower expectations for everything. They basically want to dumb down our country. We need – our country has always been exceptional. And we need to hold everybody to a higher standard. If you did that in coaching instead of listening – you know, we're just going to quit running, you know, line drills at the end of practice. We're going to go from, if you want to run one or two, that's fine. No, that ain't how you do things. You reach out there and say, listen, we're going to do more than you think you can do. We're going to push you to the limit. And that's what we need, need to do. Our military, our military needs to be held to the same standards that our athletes are held to, uh, that when you and I were growing up said, listen, uh, we're going, we're going to be in the best shape we possibly can. We might not be as talented as the other team we're going to play but they're going to know they're in for a fight. And at the end of that game, it's going to show up that we worked harder, we reached out harder, and we believed in each other as a team more than the other team did. Coach, you've been very vocal about and very honest, not only with us, but everywhere I watch you, you know, and I think you're terrific and you're honest about this is a shit show uh, in Washington. And one of the things seems to be that you mentioned we need to vote on certain things. Let us make the laws. Is this administration or, or, or they want to take this away from people? They want to take that away. They want to take lights. They want to take ovens. They want to do all this stuff. It's, it's almost like this is becoming in many ways a bit of a dictatorship in terms of how the public is treated with things the government no, not the government. The president wants or doesn't want. He just does them. This doesn't seem right to me. Nick, listen, you're exactly right. Here, here, I look at it this way. I don't look at Democrat or Republican up here. I look at people that love America and the people that don't like love America, that we, we love it. 
we've all had the opportunity to, for 247 years, our parents and great-great-parents to live in the greatest country ever. But now we have a group of people that want to change this country to something else, transform it to Europe or whatever. I don't know what they're trying to do, but we don't need change. What we need to do is escalate our expectations of becoming better, not worse. So that's where we're at. Uh, speaking of better, um, you're very involved in NIL legislation. Let's go back to you know college and college sports, the PASS Act. Where are we at with this? You know, what are you trying to, you and Manchin, what are you trying to get done here? We're trying to get everybody, all 50 states on the same page. As you know, uh, being a coach, the NCAA, they can't handle, they, they can't handle a group of everybody. You know, they can do some things, but they can't do as much as we need them to do. So NCAA, presidents, coaches of all sports, athletes, parents, we've talked to all of them for a year and a half. And this is their bill. This is not Mansion in my bill. We're trying to get everybody on the same page on all 50 states on four or five things to make sure we save college sports at all levels and men and women, Title IX. If we don't, we're going to lose it. Now, I'm for athletes making money. Let me tell you, you know as well as I do, it's the only time in their life they have two full-time jobs. I mean, athletics is hard. Academics is hard. And they have very little free time. So if they can make a little money, fine. Now, you're looking at some players right now making 3 or $4 million a year. Now, that might be a little extreme, but, hey, that's America. If you're good enough to sell that, that's fine. But what we're doing is we're trying to get California, who wants to do their own thing out there. We can't allow that to happen. Now, if they want to break off and have their own little leagues out there, I'm fine with it. We've got to get all 50 states that have to adhere to four or five basic things about college sports, and then let the NCAA add from there. We're not trying to, to, to invent the wheel here. We're trying to get everybody on the same page. But again, I'm for, I'm for these kids making money. I really am. But it's getting out of, getting to the point where you got one or two that's making money now and everybody else is kind of looking around going, well, you know, we don't get any, I mean, we're working just as hard. It's just, it's, it's basically uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's a little, little unfair, but again, we want to try to save sports, and uh, right now we're on the wrong, wrong path. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You, you know, people don't understand that you, you, you and Manchin didn't just concoct this in some back room. You actually talked to parents, and you talked to the people involved, and you were very much involved as a great college football coach. I think people just think, well, you know what? These two guys, they just got in the back room. No, you talk to people. It's what you do. Things just don't happen in a vacuum, I try to tell people all the time. Well, you're exactly right. And, and what we did for a year and a half is we, we, uh, we allowed them to talk. This is their bill. This is what they want to try to help save college sports. We would put something together. A group would come back up here. They'd look at it. They'd pass it around. Okay, we need to change this. We need to change that. And we did it. This is not my bill or Joe Manchin. This is the people that are in the fight as we speak. And it's not just coaches and administrators. It's also athletes. It's the people that are actually in the game. And so, uh, again, I don't know whether we can get it passed. You know, the Democrats up here, they want to unionize all athletes. That, that would be devastating, absolutely devastating. And we would lose college sports as we know it. What would happen is you would lose women's sports and, 
and uh, Olympic sports, the, the non-revenue sports, because there's not going to be enough money. You know, you have a few people making money and all the money's going to go, go out the door and, and you're not going to have money to fund. And so uh, we're trying to do what's best for everybody. Uh, it's hard to get around these people up here that, that uh, actually don't really understand what's going on. I, I've been in it for a while. I, I understand it. But again, this is not my bill. I just kind of directed it, me and Joe Manchin, to the point where we felt like that the coaches, administrators, and the athletes got what they need. Coach, Jim Harbaugh came out and said players should revenue share. They should get part of the TV money. They should get part uh, of all of that pie. What are your thoughts on revenue sharing with players? I think that that would be good. That would be a good point to where everybody could make a little bit of money. Now, obviously, Coach, you know this. The money that comes in has to has to support all sports. And there's a lot of the sports that they don't bring in any money. And so uh, I think there's a point where uh, some of that money that comes through television and radio could be spread through every sport, through every athlete. It could be 5,000 a year. It could be 1,000 a year. It could be 10,000, just depending on the revenue brought in. But I think that that would be a good avenue to where everybody could make some money and then allow the marketing because this, uh, you know, the NIL basically says you can go out and market yourself. The Supreme Court allowed them to do that. And I'm fine with that. Hey, they said you can make money off your name. But the problem we're having right now, coaches, is they're, these coaches are going out and recruiting kids in the ninth and 10th grade. That's got nothing to do with their performance. When they get there, that's what the Supreme Court meant. When you get on campus, you can market yourself. And that's what we should do. Not not let coaches go out and recruit with a million, two million dollars. So you come to our school, we'll give you two, two million bucks. Problem with that is you're getting ready to have a lot of has and a lot more has beens uh, when it comes to that point. Coach, I have a wife that is a legend in the world of softball. She was an Olympic alternate. She's the All-American. All she all-time winning as coach at Syracuse, at Bowling Green, and her daughter, my stepdaughter, just finished a great career at Harvard as a third base, as a third baseman, play on two championship teams. So women's sports are very important to me and to us. Transgender women, guys being women, seem to have infiltrated these spaces, not only on the field, but in the locker room. What's your thought on transgender? Everybody seems to play against women. Now, Tom, hey, coach, Leah Thomas is a dude transitioning to a woman. So she competes, he competes against women. My stepdaughter playing against Harvard, there was a woman transitioning to a man and she played against the women. There's an attack on women in sports and I hate it based on my life. What are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, the Democrats don't want men in anybody's lives. They want to everybody to have be the same gender. That's what we see up here. It's just a, it's a, an attack on masculinity. But at the end of the day, it makes me sick at my stomach that you have Democrats that vote for men playing in women's sports, boys playing in, in girls' sports, biological boys. And I'll go ask them, do you not have a daughter? Do you not have a granddaughter? Do you actually believe that they should shower with boys? What earth do we live on? I mean, have we absolutely lost our mind? And just goes to show you, uh, people up here just try to get reelected. They don't do what's right. Hey, vote for what's right. And if you get kicked out because people vote against you, so be it. But there's nobody that wants to stand up for it up here. I'm going to tell you, it makes me sick at my stomach to sit here and talk to Riley Gaines about how they had to dress in a uh, 
maintenance shed at the Olympics, at or, or excuse me, at the NCAA finals because uh, the the biological boys were dressing in the women's dressing room, shower in the women's dressing room. Are you kidding me? I mean, it is absolutely insane that we're allowing this. It just shows you how just far, far, far off the earth these people have fallen in terms of allowing something like this to happen. But it's their agenda. You know, they want to destroy everything that that that, that has been in the past. It's nothing about fair, fairness. It's all about doing it their way. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to break them from this. This is not going to be allowed to happen. If we can't get back to this, to where women have an opportunity to participate in sports against other women and other girls, we got huge problems in this country, Coach. Coach, last thing, I got to ask you a football question. Deion Sanders is all the rage, man. Colorado is rolling. And give me your thoughts. I enjoy watching them. Of course, back when I was coaching, and if I took over another team, I inherited what what was already there. I didn't get to go out and just tell everybody, "Okay, all y'all are gone. I'm buying my own team." I mean, we've we've turned into we've turned into a, a minor league sports group. I, his son's a heck of a player. That other kid, I think his name is Hunter. I enjoy watching them, uh, but that's what we're going to get if we start and uh, continue to allow you know this transfer. And I don't mind people transferring. I, you know, people transferred forever, but they're there should be a stipulation. There should be a penalty. We're we're not we're not penalizing people for quitting. I mean, in sports, one thing you you want to do is make people finish the job. You know, run through the line, do the things you're supposed to do. Don't take the easy route. Don't quit. And you know, if if you change schools, all those kids that changed schools that went to Colorado should have had to set out a year and then paid that penalty and then played. Uh, to me, that's what it's all about. Of course, I got a different opinion. Uh, again, I'll enjoy to watch them play, and I don't, these kids are making money. That's fine, but uh, it's just it just uh, it hurts me to know that that they're we're not holding kids accountable for decisions that they're making, and uh, you know I, I think it's going to be a detriment to our, to to uh, college athletics. I know you got to go vote, but in my coaching career, guys that transferred and sat out a year call it the best year of their life, the year they got to sit out. They got organized exactly. academically. They got better fit, right? Exactly. Exactly. Coach, I know you got to vote, man. I love talking to you. Urban told me to tell you hello. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you. Talk there he is. Representative Tommy Tuberville. He got to go vote, man. He got to go vote on some stuff. I love talking to that man because he is common freaking sense. He is. He's common freaking sense. I got to get Urban on the show. I got to get Urban on the show. All right. We're perfect right now. Let's go woken and doping, shall we? What do you got today? Since Dylan's at the controls, I've seen the video. I've seen the picture. What the hell you got today? Oh, boy. I don't know what I just did. Something happened. Oh, boy. Did I lose you? Hello? Hey, somebody talk in my ear. It looks like I lost something. Hang on, caller. We'll be right there. I lo- I don't know what I lost. All right, hang on. Let me in the in the chat room. I'm fired up today. Tommy Tuberville's got me fired up. Tommy Lawrence got me fired up. I'm sorry. I live my life with enthusiasm. I do. Don't at me about it. All right, would you? Ex- oh, this is unbelievable here. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. America should accept illegal immigrants. Let's establish sanctuary city. Put that sign on your door. Nobody's illegal. 
Black Lives Matter. All lives matter. Oh, you can't say all lives matter. What else was on those things? Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Why would Republicans send illegal immigrants to us? I told you my neighbor has one of them signs, and I remember saying, yeah, okay, buddy. That bus comes down our little cul-de-sac here and drops them all off at your house. She's with your little daughter and your newborn son. Yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. And I love that guy. I love him. But you're damn right. Why are Republicans doing? Why is Governor Abbott doing this to us? What's he doing? We're sad. Mayor Adams, the dumbest of all mayors. We can't handle this. Our schools, our parks, our economy. The Roosevelt Hotel has feces in the hallways. Oh, it's a My eyes are burning. How can we do this? I don't understand. You, seriously, look, I don't know if anybody's watching this show, and I hate to go up a Monty Jones on you, but this is a great show. If I were not doing this show, this is a show I would watch this. You know what I mean? This is a show I would watch. You know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, guys are like, tell him to do this. If you listen to the interview, Bidenflation. The rising cost of voting, stupid. Man. Now, normally, if a picture was like that and it was a, never mind, the rising cost of voting, stupid. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. It's Bidenomics. We are hiring less workers this holiday season by a bunch. Why? Biden economics or whatever he calls it. That's Biden economics. The rising cost of voting, stupid. Stupid. It's pretty funny. All right, what's next? I'm your CAI's heart. Why can't I go to the Senate conference? It's about artificial intelligence, not superficial intelligence. Look at Biden's head. Look at the head. Every time I see Camilla Harris, I got to tell you, I think she's ready to throw down, you know, the goods with somebody. I do. Can you imagine? Imagine her husband waking up to that. Can you imagine Jill Biden waking up to that? Look at the head on that guy. Imagine if he isn't all pumped up. Imagine if he isn't all, like, makeup-y. Imagine all that crap. It's unbelievable, these guys. But I always think Camilla's like, you know, One drink away from, you know, you know what I'm talking about, baby. You know what I'm saying. You know. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, baby. Anyway, what a great show we had today. I'll tell you what. uh, Jeff Saturday is back. Let's recap the top story. Running backs, faking injuries is all the rage, apparently. Jonathan Taylor of my beloved Colts, his agent said that, well, wait a second here, JT. JT can go if he had to. Then why is he on pump? The NFL is has a grievance going with the NFLPA asking the NFLPA to tell his running back cease and desist. There it is right there, Tom Pelissaro. Says you need to assist and des- cease and desist from such improper conduct. Let me tell you something. I am not. I will not. Absolutely shall not 
give a guy more than a one-year contract. We've already seen all these guys get hurt. I mean, Austin Eckler, I think he's faking. Barkley gets hurt. Is he faking? I don't know. Chubb, not faking. Taylor is faking. Edmonds, not faking. Dobbins, not faking. Is Aaron Jones faking? I don't know. But it's a legitimate question to ask. It is. It's a legitimate question. Because when you put out there that people may be faking, then guess what? It's a legitimate question when people do get hurt. And if that bothers you, go by the way of being mad about me saying white women. Period. And we're going to watch this. We're going to see what happens because this is kind of a big deal. I'll give you another one. This is why you love going to OutKick. We tell you stuff. Tickets to Colorado's upcoming game against Oregon and USC are high. Shockingly high. $4,500 high. Yeah. Wait to see if the price falls. If you lose to Oregon, that price will be a third of it. It will be a third of it. Period. It will. And you'll go, huh? No kidding. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I want to be liberated from my fat. So I think today I'm going to work out and I'm going to eat right. Oh, chicka pesta. Who would have thunk it? I don't need dove soap to tell me with some fat woman that's a racist, blatant, racist, horrible human being. I'm boycotting dove. I'm an Irish spring guy, but I'm going to look up and I'm going to see if dove and Irish spring are owned by the same company. Irish Spring gets me clean and gives me a little bit of a nice scent so I don't have to buy my deodorant. I don't have to buy anything else. Yeah, I said it. And oh, by the way, you got a little lesson. Double D is on fire. I told you take the Steelers last night. That was the easiest bet since Wisconsin was given Ohio State points back in the Big Ten championship game when Zeke Elliott and Urban Meyer were at Ohio State. Look at Joe Biden, Donnie Glockson, our man, our guy. Uh, Have a great afternoon, everybody. Dylan, you were spot on. You got Kate Upton in a bikini. You got Marilyn Monroe in a bikini, but somehow, Ryan, I think that was you. See you tomorrow. Celebrate white women tonight. See you.